that's the broader vision um, that we're trying to enable is investments in all those things um, where you can kind of find non-correlated market returns um, and, and hopefully beat the market in, in some way without overextending yourself. this episode of Early Bird, Matt McGay, co-founder and co-CEO of the startup investing platform Allow. Matt joins the podcast today to talk about alternative investing for the average investor, including the current state of alternatives in 2022 and what investors should know before going into alternatives. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, Let me tell you, you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. Matt, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for, for coming. Really do appreciate it. Today, we're talking about alternative investing, what it means for retail traders in 2022. But before that, Matt, what, what should the audience know about you? If you could, in about 30 seconds or so, give the audience a little reader's digest on uh, your background. Yeah, so my name is Matt McGay. I'm co-founder of Allow Invest with Peter Sweeney. I grew up in Los Angeles originally, went to Penn where I studied finance and accounting at Warden, and then did about three years at Goldman Sachs doing healthcare investment banking. Um, Peter also worked at Goldman Sachs doing tech investment banking in their equity and capital markets division. Okay, so you guys have a lot of finance background you're, you're, and, and you have your platform. Uh, that's really cool. It's, it, it's allow, right? It allows you to invest yeah, exactly. in, in brands it, with influencers. It's, it's an alternative investment platform, so to speak, right? Because you're investing yep, in startups. Exactly. Um, exactly. We, we offer private investing opportunities to, you know, those that don't usually have them, um, them being non-accredited investors. That's excellent. I, and, and I'm excited because we're going to be talking about the alternative market this year. Um, I guess in a nutshell, how would you describe the, uh, the alternative investing market right now in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think broadly, you know, 2022 has been a, a rough place for, for the public market. So people are kind of looking elsewhere to, you know, diversify. I think there's a bunch of opportunities that you can see in the venture capital landscape. Um, you know, if you go back in the past 10 years and you look at, you know, previous downturns, VC tends to be an outperforming asset um, class. And um, I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of hype around, you know, C to series A companies, whereas, you know, later stage companies are are kind of batting down the hatches. Um, but, you know, the C, C to series A companies themselves, um, I think investors are kind of, looking at it as if you believe in it now, you believe in the vision, you're believing in the broad, the broad vision for the company, um, rather than, you know, bottom line uh, margins like, like they do for later stage companies. Yeah, that's certainly unique about uh, those early stage startups. And, and I guess with your platform, certainly there are a ton of great equity crowdfunding platforms out there that allow the average investor to get a piece of a startup uh, investing in the, those startups, getting some equity. Your platform allows users, including those, uh, you know, average traders, average investors mm-hmm. to invest alongside influencers, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So we start out looking for companies that have, you know, a consumer facing focus. So anything from consumer tech to consumer packaged goods, packaged goods, something that somewhere where companies can benefit from having a community ingrained on their cap table. We think that, you know, the influencer in particular offers that kind of on steroids where, you know, they have a hundred thousand to a million followers of the core demographic that a company is looking to target. Um, over time, you know, you can really decrease customer acquisition costs uh, in a, a time where customer acquisition cost is rising from, you know, Apple tracking transparency and other data privacy regulations that are that are coming down the pipe. Nice. I, 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 I see the benefit of that. Um, it, it, it's a brand new platform you have, right? Just started this year, correct? Yeah, we launched publicly the app um, in August, so so fairly new. Oh, wow. So, yeah, fairly new. Um, I guess things are you're probably still testing a few things. Um, alternatives, certainly this is a year for a lot of investors to look at those alternatives. I'd be lying to you if, if, if I told you I didn't invest in alternatives. I think whether it's crypto or real estate or equity crowdfunding, so many different ways for investors to look outside the public markets, especially in a year like this, which can be pretty rough out there. Um, but, but on the flip side, and certainly we know that investing in startups can be very profitable out there. It, it does carry some risk, uh, does yeah. it not? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, by virtue of the risk reward, um, earlier stage companies have, you know, the greater possibility of going all the way to zero, whereas, you know, later stage companies that have reached kind of their target market and are doing, you know, meaningful revenue, they're not going to disappear tomorrow, whereas, you know, that that could happen for startups. And I think that's part of the game you play is, you know, you're trying to get in there, you're trying to really believe in the companies that um, you're working with. And I think that's kind of where we differentiate ourselves from a lot of equity crowdfunding platforms where we're being thoughtful about the companies that come onto the platform to raise money. We're not just looking to be kind of a volume player where anyone that needs to raise money will automatically be allowed onto our platform. Um, we're trying to, you know, de-risk it through um, having these celebrities on their cap table, hopefully providing, you know, ingrained marketing that can help the company grow, reach reach revenue, reach profit, profitability. Um, and, I, and of course, yes, it, it, it always carries risks. And, and that's something, you know, we're very upfront about on our platform um, for retail investors. Absolutely. And I, I do want to get back to the risk in a second. But I guess, you know, I know your platform is still new. What what celebrities, what influencers have teamed up with you for, for the platform so far? Yeah, so so we launched our first raise on the platform, which is the, the plug drink. It's a liver cure or liver health and hangover cure company. Um, they're doing about seven million in run rate revenue. Their celebrity influential investors are Jack Harlow, Friday Beers, which is an Instagram account, Brooks Nader, who's an Instagram model. Um, and the idea is that, you know, with Jack Harlow and Friday Beers, you kind of can go after, you know, the college market, the people who are drinking, the people who need that hangover cure um, kind of part of their lives. Whereas with Brooks, she's, you know, a health focused 26 year old um, that kind of appeals to their core demographic, which is 25 to 35 year old women. Um, and it kind of it kills two birds with one stone of, of the company being able to go after both of those demographics. Nice. That's definitely a nice first investment to, to have on the platform. Um, I guess for a lot of the, the investors that signed up for the platform, what, um, you know, what, what, what are some of the things they've been saying? Are they excited to invest uh, alongside those celebrities? Yeah, I mean, I think we go after a younger type of investor than a lot of equity crowdfunding platforms do. Um, I think the appeal of a product that they've seen in the market that they know that they can touch and feel is is really appealing then, to them. And also, 
you know, I think they believe in the ability for these influencers and, you know, influential people to, to storytell and really be able to help a company grow. I mean, if you look at a lot of the most successful companies um, in the consumer market, specifically over the last year or so, you look at like liquid death, flow water, realistically, those are just, just water companies. And it's almost like their valuations based on, on the package and ability to tell a story and ability um, to brand. And, and I think that's what, you know, we're trying to offer. And I think the, the type of investor that is coming onto our platform really understands that. Cool. It's a, it's a nice approach, by the way. I think it's very interesting. Um, I appreciate go, it. Going back to this discussion about alternatives, we did talk before about some of the risk associated with investing in startups out there, as well as other types of alternatives. I, I do wonder, given the state of the public markets, given how bad it has been across the public markets, is this 2022 going into 23, is this a good time for average investors to actually look at alternatives given the risk? Shouldn't this be a time for average investors to focus on more conservative and safer investments instead? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always the right time. I think obviously you want to be thoughtful about how you're allocating your money. I wouldn't spend an outsized portion of your income or um, savings on alternative investments. But, you know, I think now is a time where you can get valuations at a pretty reasonable um, spot compared to where they have been for the last two years. Um, they got pretty inflated over time. Um, but I think, you know, regulation crowdfunding does a good job of limiting kind of the amount people are able to put in, that being 10% of, of your net worth or income. Um, so I, I think, you know, while it is risky, I think being thoughtful around how you how much you put in, making sure that, you know, you can afford it, you can afford to lose it, don't don't overextend yourself. Um, and, and I think everyone will be okay. But I, th- I always think, you know, it's a good time to dip your toes in the water. Got it. So it, it's more, you know, don't, don't invest anything that you not you're not willing to lose. That goes without saying. Yep. Um, but at the same time, be thoughtful um, and do research. I think those are those are the keys, right? Before you make any type of totally. alternative investment. Totally, and and we try to assist with that, you know, through education um, pieces that we put onto the platform to hopefully, you know, give investors some more confidence in their ability to to look at an opportunity and really be thoughtful about it. point. When we return, we'll hear from Matt about allocating for alternatives in a portfolio and advice for investors who are interested in alternatives. But first, let me tell you where you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, Investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Matt, today we're talking about alternative investing in 2022. Um, We talked about how you can invest alongside influencers on your platform that you have there. Um, looking at sort of the alternatives market, what, what else are you seeing beyond investing in startups? How, how are alternatives sort of faring this year in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at pieces like, like everything, you know, in an inflationary environment, some, some of the, you know, watches or art kind of can go down in value, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, as, as we think about it, we kind of view, 
the real value in alternatives being what we call live assets, which is are things that are by virtue people owning them and people interacting with them become more valuable. So that we're starting with startups that can be music where people, you know, continue to listen to music. The their streaming revenue goes up. That can be movies. People go to the movies, watch it. Um, sports teams, sports franchises. I think that's the broader vision um, that we're trying to enable is investments in all those things um, where you can kind of find non-correlated market returns um, and and hopefully beat the market in, in some way without overextending yourself. Makes sense. You want to be able to look at those alternatives, particularly those that are not necessarily tied to the public markets. I understand the reasoning for that. But well, what happens, let's say, in the future, a few years from now, hopefully less than that, the markets turn things around, get a little better. Is that a time to pull back from alternatives? Or at that point, you know, is it still, let's keep diving into alternatives at that point? What, what do you think? I mean, I think as you can continue to be thoughtful about the opportunities that you're assessing, um, I think as time goes on, it'll capital and capital allocation is be, going to become more and more democratized, hopefully with the help of allow. Um, but, you know, I think I don't really think of like the macro environment in a sense, to, given that we're, we're looking at everything from a long-term vision. Uh -huh. um, and, and, you know, we understand everything cyclical um, and, and, I, I think, you know, any time is, is the time to, to go at it and, and dip your toes in the water, like I said before. So, Matt, you and I, we're not, all, we're not um, financial professionals. I always tell listeners and readers for Early Bird, please consult with financial professionals before making any investment decisions. Um, but Definitely. from a very broad, high level, Matt, um, what, um, I'm, I'm curious, where do you think alternatives fit in a portfolio for the average investor out there? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it obviously depends on your age, your investment um, objectives. I think for me, you know, as a 26-year-old male, I'm I'm probably more risk-taking than, you know, a 50-year-old with a family okay. is willing to be. Um, when I look at my personal portfolio, you know, I think it's 50% it's public markets, um, not as much fixed income just, just by virtue of how much <laughs> I have to deploy um, and then, you know, dipping my toes in, in a variety of alternatives kind of across with, with that other 50%, um, whether it be art, whether it be um, startups, um, and, and hopefully being able to create a kind of well-rounded portfolio um, that, that can outperform. You said something very interesting. You talked about, you know, your age, how you're willing to take on risk. Uh, study after study typically shows that younger investors are more likely to embrace alternatives. Why do you think that is the case? Is it because younger investors have uh, more risk-taking um, than some of the older investors out there? They have time before retirement. Or are, are there other factors at play? What, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a mix of all of those things. I think there's probably also some science that can back up kind of brain development and the ability to take on risk and, and willingness to take on risk. Um, but broadly, you know, when, when I think about it, I do think it's, it's just a function of time and, you know, where I am right now, where I sit, um, I I'm willing to lose, you know, some money here or there for the opportunity to, you know, create massive wealth. Um, whereas, you know, uh, down the road, like I might not be, if, if I have a family to provide for, but, but right now I do think, um, you know, a lot of people, especially in my age, in my position, um, kind of understand that trade-off. And I think that's something that kind of has come across with, 
with crypto as well. Um, Obviously, you know, the last, it recently hasn't gone too well, but, you know, I think it kind of opened up people's eyes to, you know, potential. um, And, and obviously a a younger demographic was investing in crypto. So, so I do think it, it ties. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of young people out there typically embrace those types of um, alternative investment opportunities more so than older demographics. I think the tide is changing, though. I think a lot of older um, demographics out there, older investors are looking at alternatives, not just the types of platforms we're talking about, such as your platform, but mm-hmm. also gold and real estate. I think um, yep. there's a lot of opportunities out there for different ages of investors. Um, Matt, what, what should investors know before diving into an alternative investment? Yeah, I mean, I think you should do your research. For, for startups, I think, you know, when you're assessing a startup, you should know the industry that they're participating in and you should know kind of the growth that they've had to date, where their product is, where their product roadmap is going. You know, if you have an opportunity to look at their, at their pitch deck, that's a great place to start. Um, and also just, you know, look at the variety of opportunities that you have available. If it's, if startups aren't, you know, the right thing for you, there's, there's other opportunities out there that are, you know, as part of alternatives. Um, but I think, you know, building your kind of education level will, will give you the confidence to kind of, to kind of go ahead and and start to, to dabble in the markets. Good point there. That type of research is valuable. Um, Matt, uh, so I'm just looking at my portfolio. I've done all alternative investing, not um, not these types of platforms, but other platforms I do alternatives. And in fact, this year, I think some of my alternatives are outperforming the public market so far, which is interesting. But I, I do have to wonder, someone said to me a while ago, you know, there are certainly great equity crowdfunding platforms out there, including yours. You can invest in a startup, get in on those early stages. That's really powerful for investors. But then you also have, on the flip side, you have some startups that are trading over the counter or they're trading on the um, a different type of exchange, but they're still part of the public markets and fun and investing in those companies. It's liquid; you can sell at any time. Usually, yeah. it, it, is that sort of a drawback with platforms like yours? It's not liquid. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's a drawback. Should the case that someone puts in money that they don't have and they need to, they need the liquidity, and then they're not able to get it. Um, but you know, on the other hand, I think it does you know, somewhat protect an an investor from, you know, trying to time the market, they can be more thoughtful about, you know, the positions that they're taking when they take them knowing that, you know, this is a long term hold, and you know, you really have to have conviction in the opportunity you're going at. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of day traders get in trouble, because they they see the stock market falling, and then they try, um, you know, to sell and then, you know, they end up just losing money, because, you know, they're trying to time the market trying to, you know, play the game. Um, and I think, you know, while liquidity is important and liquidity, um, can definitely be beneficial for people that, you know, need it. I think, you know, there's also a part of it that, you know, can protect people on, on the front end if, as long as they're thoughtful about the, the opportunities they're taking part in. Yep. It's, uh, not timing the market. It's time in the market. That's the old saying. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, Matt, what advice do you have for those retail investors out there who are interested in alternatives? Yeah, I mean, I think just looking at all of the different opportunities that you have available, I think there's been a lot of startups like mine, um, not just equity crowdfunding for startups, but equity crowdfunding for real estate, equity crowdfunding basically for art. Um, there's there's a lot of opportunities that you can invest in in alternatives. Um, and, you know, I think just like, like we've said is, you know, building up your education level and, and kind of getting to a point where you can have conviction in the 
um, opportunities you're taking part in is really important. Um, and really just, you know, learn, learn, learn um, to, to get yourself to a point where you're willing to do it. Great advice. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast and discussing the state of alternative investments for the average investors in 2022. Before we wrap up today's discussion, I just have one final question for you, and it's yeah. the most important question for today's discussion. Uh, that question for you, Matt, is what is your favorite item that you've bought this year? My favorite item I bought this year? Mm-hmm. Huh. I got to think about it first for a second. Um, I mean, I am a startup founder, so I, I've been trying to be uh, pretty <laughs> pretty, uh, you know, cognizant of my spending, but I have to say... Um, Probably, probably a watch I recently bought. Hopefully that's both a, a timepiece um, to wear and look good and also um, something that can hold and, and retain some value over time. Cool. Hopefully that is the case. That's awesome. Thank you again to Matt McGay for sharing your insights on alternative investing. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.